Welcome back to Adolescence After Alderaan. I'm Caroline Guthrie. I'm Meg Sariello. And we are a podcast dedicated to retracing our youthful steps through the Star Wars Expanded Universe. Yeah. One, this, one book at a time. One book at a time. And this is a big one. This is a momentous day for us. We yeah. are Today we have read... Is it one or multiple shadows? It's multiple shadows. Okay, because shadows. there's not just one shadow in the Star Wars universe. There are no, an it's infinite full amount. of shadows. <laughs> shadows of the Empire. Shadows um, of the Empire. Yeah. So this is one we both read mm-hmm. when we were younger. It was um, flooding back to me. It, I, like everything one, was so familiar. This one was maybe the most, maybe other than Crystal Star. This was the most familiar. Like scenes in this book have been seared in my memory. And as soon as I, like, turned a page, I was like, oh, like, I know exactly like, what this is. I mean, for me, it was, like, very selective. Like, there were some things that was, like, all brand new to me. Yeah. Um, like, I didn't remember Dash Rindar at all. Like, I, I didn't think I had read. I didn't think I had read a book with Dash Rindar as a character until he showed up in this one. Um, but, like, the stuff with, uh, with Zizor, a lot of that was very familiar. Yeah. The stuff with uh, Guri is Guri. Any, yeah, the stuff with Guri. I, I remember keep really say well. Gurgi from the Black Cauldron, but it's not. It's just <laughs> Guri. <laughs> also a good name. It's a great name. Um, but then, yeah, there was a lot that I like in the end. The epilogue with yeah. Luke recording his message to Jabba. That's I remember. Very vivid. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this, I mean, it's. I think we need to talk a little bit about this book we gotta contextualize this thing contextualize it because i think in the first episode or one of the first episodes of the podcast i maybe mistakenly thought that this was the first expanded universe book or an earlier which would make sense yeah because it it fits in this sort of like so this comes out in 96 um alongside of a corresponding video game a soundtrack comic books action figures like lucas Arts, Lucas, the Lucas Company was sort of releasing this as this multimedia, interactive, like a movie amount of franchising without an actual movie right. being made. Um, and so this one and, really sticks out. And this out. was to like, this was like hype for the special editions. Yes. So this, yeah, like this was to before. get people like revved up for the three, the theatrical release of the special editions, which was in 97. In 97, so yeah. Like a year after this. Yeah. So this was not just a book. It was a. Yeah. It was, much and it was also that. like comics and. Yeah, comics. They had, yeah, there were action figures. I still own the Shadows of the Empire video game for the N64 and I can talk a little bit about that, <laughs> which I never completed and barely played we should because try to play <laughs> we should try to play it's a third person shooter which is like uh, we've mm-hmm. talked about our experience with video games that's definitely not my wheelhouse <laughs> third person shooter. Um, and apparently I did a little bit of research on it and like watched some videos of it and it is from the perspective of Dash Rendar, which makes sense because oh. I remember being so confused because in the video game you start on Hoth. And I'm like, this book doesn't take place. <laughs> oh, yeah, but they mentioned in the book that yeah, Dash that Rendar was on Hoth. Was on Hoth. So it takes place from kind of most, I think, 
predominantly his his perspective. And I think we really, after we lay out the plot, which is pretty easy. I mean, it's one of the most straightforward so. plots we've had. Um, that Dash Render really does feel like a like slid in video game character into this. Yeah, in a way that's like very interesting and and sort of yeah, he's sort of like written for a video game. In now that yeah. you mentioned that, I and totally like all of his activities and the sort of the battle scenes and the sort of more action packed sequences to me, really like thinking about it as a larger multimedia object. Like it really did feel like oh, this is for the video game. Like they are putting yeah, like I could see in. like oh, this sequence. Yeah, I can totally the get way that, that sometimes uh, there are some like big blockbuster films. Maybe not so much now. I think they're getting better at it. But blockbuster films that have come out maybe in the last 15 years that you can tell, like, oh, this scene is solely for the video <laughs> the yeah. video game that will come out related to the movie. Um, and that's sort of how I felt reading some of this stuff. But yeah, but for then, sure. of course, we have Zazor. <laughs> yeah, well, I read today that apparently, I, I think it's unofficial, but that Zizor actually is in the movie The Phantom Menace. In the pod racing scene, he's like in the crowd in the pod racing scene. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of amazing. But I, I don't think I don't know that we're actually supposed to believe that Zizor is there. But like when they were doing the graphic design, right, they used somebody. like Zizor action figures, like yeah. in the crowd, <laughs> and so like to fill it in. Um, so I, think I mean, we can have a, a much longer conversation about who should play Zizor in the movie of this Oh book. my god. But on the cover, at least the original cover, he looks like Billy Zane. He does look like Billy he Zane. Like, and this comes out like when Billy Zane's career was like going very well. Going great. It's skyrocketing. So I'm like, maybe they thought like they could get Billy Zane. <laughs> Billy Zane was really <laughs> taking off. Yeah, because uh, Titanic comes out in 97. Like, this is prime Billy Zane. This is a real Billy Zane moment yeah. <laughs> in our culture. <laughs> but anyway, we digress. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So, I, I mean, we got to talk about Zizor, like, every, I mean, every this aspect. Po- this episode just might be about Zizor, so get, Zizor. get ready. <laughs> no, like, everyone else can go, like, kick rocks. Like, yeah. <laughs> Zizor is the only thing that matters in this book. But boy, does he matter. I guess one more thing. He's the main character, right? Like, for sure, this is his story. Right, yeah. Like, one other notation (laughs) I would say before we jump in is that, like, I'm going to have some quibbles, but overall, I think if someone came to me and was like, Caroline, I hear that you participate in a Star Wars Legends Expanded Universe podcast. I would love to read some Star Wars Legends. What novel do you think I should start with? I might say this one. Like, yeah, it is a really good, and we can talk about why it is. Um, but it is sort of like a, a like a good maybe primer for like what. Yeah, like I don't think it's the best novel no. that we've read. Um, I would definitely give that to uh, the Hut Gambit. Yeah. But, um, oh my god! Yeah. Which, does Zizor <laughs> yeah. make an appearance in that one, or is it the third one? It might be the third one. He's in the Hut Gambit. Oh, yeah, a the little. Hut Gambit, yeah. Um, so I was so excited. Before. I was so excited when Durga showed up in this yeah. book. I was like, ah! But, um, but like the Hut Gambit, the Han Solo books, I mean, maybe it's part of why they're so good. They don't really like represent what the Star Wars expanded no. universe typically is. Yeah. But this true. one sort of like hits all the marks of a typical Star Wars EU book yeah. while being like creative and fun in some really interesting kind of ways yeah it does it does yeah it, it in some ways i think sticks a lot to sort of just the what you expect from 
yeah, kind of a standard, uh, a standard expanding universe book. But you're right; like it does, it does do some interesting things, and and I think we need to sort of talk about it's the first. Well, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, I guess, would be the other one, but it's the first one we've read that takes place during the original. Yes, trilogy. So this book takes place after, I guess, a little bit after the Empire Strikes yeah, Back. Yeah, I always ended. get confused. I feel like we've talked about this before. I think there's like nine months between Empire and Jedi, something like that. It's like months. Yes. Between. So this is probably like seven months after the Empire Strikes Back, or something. Yeah, it's some six time months after or so. Empire. Yeah, and but it's so, between. Yeah, but it's it takes. It's like what what's going on between Empire and. Jedi. Jedi. So yeah, so we the, it's it switches perspective characters. So we get the story from the perspective of Luke, Leia, Zizor, and Darth Vader. Right? Yeah, like, is this the first Vader perspective we've had? I think it is. I'm pretty sure this is the first time we've heard from Vader's perspective, yeah. and he is a real interesting cat to uh, <laughs> to ride along. With. He seems sort of like mopey is that- <laughs> <laughs> so mopey well i think that really shows the hand of george lucas's participation in this novel because this yeah. guy totally lines up <laughs> yeah. with the hayden christensen <laughs> right yeah but the Vader Vader the, portrayal and like, the prequels yeah <laughs> this does not challenge the prequels <laughs> at all i was like yeah this this is right this yeah. is what Which a skywalker sense, does in 96 they probably were starting you to know, think about to yeah, work on it, they must have been starting to work on the prequel, so it makes sense yeah. that he's he's very similar. He's mopey <laughs> and a little dumb. There's also like a lot. No one in this book has any confidence issues. Like that no, everyone is, thinks they are the absolute best. A real ongoing thing is that everyone feels like they are just. <laughs> Killing it, winning nonstop. Yeah. So, so we get. I guess maybe it might work to do the storylines individually yeah, rather sure. than chronologically, because I'm gonna lose track of everyone yeah. who's not Sizor. Yeah, Sizor <laughs> can. <laughs> Got to aside. a point. I'd say past the halfway point, I was just like skimming and like, when is Sizor coming back? Yeah. Like, I, come back I mean, placing your book in between Empire and Jedi is in some ways really risky because it is so difficult to establish stakes. Like, we know that Zizor's not going to kill Luke. Right. We know yes, that they're yeah. not going to rescue Han from Boba Fett. Like, we know so much of how this has to turn out. That creating suspense, and I do think that the, the suspense is created in some ways and it doesn't really come together in other ways. Yeah. But that's a real tough, tough nut to crack in yeah situating your story yeah it's definitely not as like i mean there's more time in the han solo trilogy to do that so like you know i give it that but it's definitely i don't think quite as successful as like building stakes no in that way you know because with the han solo trilogy we, we were sort of very complimentary on the way that um ac crispin created characters and situations like sort of completely unrelated to the original trilogy we have no idea how this is all going to turn out with this, right. like, the only character is Zizor, and, like, we right. know Zizor doesn't show up, you know. And Dash Rendar, which same right, thing. And Dash Rendar, who I will forget about again and again. <laughs> um, we know that they don't, that they don't show right. up. Right, so, we know that we're not going to see them again, so, yeah. So, you know, there's, the stakes, I think, are much smaller. Yeah. 
It really is. I think mostly just that sort of behind the scenes for the kids kind of thing. Like, yes. Yeah. Don't you want to know what's going on with our characters? Although if it's for the kids, it is really it's not for the kids. It's, <laughs> it's a kids. lot of eroticism if it's for the kids. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a lot of Zizer without a shirt on. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we need to to get into this. All I want to do is talk about Zizor. Okay. Okay, so... um, Let's leave him for last, though. Okay, Zizor last. Okay, so our our crew, uh, Luke, Leia... Leia and Lando and Chewie. Lando, Chewie, are trying to find a way to get Han back. Apparently, Boba Fett has really been dragging his heels, uh, dropping Han off yeah, at Jabba. It's like he's, he's like your mom being like, we're just going to run a couple of errands on the right. way. Yeah. And, and like, just, that's your day. Hours right? later. Yeah. <laughs> that's Boba Fett. You've gone to he's Costco. Like, <laughs> you've stopped at the mall. We're yeah. going to go to the supermarket. Like, we're going to return something to JCPenney. And yeah. Like, yeah. So <laughs> it's, so it's hours later. It's months later. And Han has still not arrived. At Jabba's palace, and they get a lead, and they've kind of started working on infiltrating Tatooine, which yeah. just means that Luke is squatting at Ben's old house. Yeah, he's and just hanging around. Breaking into the circus at night? Question I don't mark. know what Luke is doing in his spare time. Yeah, and but Lando- even R2 is judgmental about, about yeah. Luke. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Lando, I guess has maybe started working on infiltrating Jabba's palace. Yeah. Unclear. It's unclear. He's around. Leia is just, like, being real judgmental towards everyone all the time. Yeah, yeah. She's she's in a tough place. She seems, and we, uh, again, we'll talk about this, she seems very confused about her feelings for Han and Luke and yeah, where she stands with everyone, which, as we've talked about many times in different episodes, like, it seems pretty clear where Leia and Han are in their yeah. relationship, and I'm not sure why everyone's confused. Um, yeah, I'm not sure why everyone felt like that was so ambiguous, but like... Yeah, but she seems to think it's very ambiguous, and she's very sort of preoccupied with the idea that he hasn't actually said that he loves her. Um, which which I want to be like, that was the most romantic thing that's ever happened in cinema. Like, of course he loves you. (laughs) Yeah, he said it with his eyes. You don't need the words to know what that scene meant. (laughs) No, and she has this whole thing about like, oh, he said two words. Like, why couldn't he have said one more word? Yeah, because that's not as romantic as what he said. (laughs) Yeah. Also, like, he's basically been haranguing you about how much he loves you the whole movie, saying yeah. I know was a means of releasing her from her guilt right. for not having said it sooner. Like, it yeah, was yeah. an act of compassion. It yeah. wasn't whatever. Yeah. Whatever. We I can't talk about empire. <laughs> we, have to, we have to save it. So, they get, a, they get a lead that Boba Fett has stopped by some like moon or something yeah and they say okay like we'll go and we'll try to steal han out of the trunk of boba fett's car <laughs> like, he's getting his groceries swoop in and get han it's an ill-defined plan it seems yeah it seems real not well and they're like well we can't go on a Star Wars adventure without a Han Solo character. So, like, in the part of Han Solo, we have this guy, <laughs> Dash Rendar. Just Han Solo. Yeah. He's, like, Han Solo... He's... I mean, he's sort of, like, when 
the kid in your sitcom gets old and you bring in like a new kid new to kid, take yeah. their place. But that yeah. new kid is like dialing up the cute way more to like right. earn the yeah. place. Like on Family Ties, they brought like that. They had a kid. Yeah. He's Brady yeah, the, co- the cousin Oliver. Yeah, the cousin Oliver. Um, yeah. So, they- so like he's Han Solo, but he's like a cockier, not sweet like less charming kind of yeah and he's been like working with the oh, the rebel lot. he was so we, he was on, at the battle of hoth so like people are kind of familiar which makes me wonder if i go back and watch the battle of hoth if i'll hear like a throwaway line addressed to a character named dash because like why else yeah. Luke actually remembers him luke is like oh yeah like you were there when we were tripping up the the yeah. walkers or yeah, they whatever sort of recognize him but he you know has you know, ins or yeah, but he's Mister. Like I'm out for myself. I do what you pay me to do. Yeah, well, like I... we've heard this song and dance. He's yeah. basically who Han is always pretending that he is. Right, like he actually like, is. He is. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So the Dash is just tagging along to be the Han. Yeah. He. So he's there to be the Han, and they don't get Han because duh. Like there's another right. movie. Um. They do run into. I'm gonna get real hazy. Yeah. There's like Tie Fighters around. Yeah, there's and like battles and there's and space they, battles. They figure out that the Black Sun, which is the like mob organization, crime organization that Zizor. Oh, 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 oh! A, a droid tries to kill Luke during yes. the battle, and yeah. they find out that someone bribed the crew person to reprogram the droid, and Luke's like. That's weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> Me? And Leia's like, how about you just go back to Tatooine? <laughs> Sit on Obi-Wan's couch. <laughs> and, and hide out. <laughs> like, watch some cable. And like, I'll take care of this. Someone's still paying for Obi-Wan's cable so that Luke can go and just like... <laughs> I feel like Obi-Wan was like stealing his neighbor's cable. And it's just like... Oh well, uh, we'll Still talk about. There's TV in Star Wars. Lando yeah. talks about TV, like the holo, the holo pro project, the holo progs or what? Yeah, <laughs> it's called Let's Galactic call Bandit. It TV, you guys. It was, it's TV. Um, yeah. yeah. So they, I don't know. There's a lot of like Luke going back to Tatooine and then going somewhere else and then being sent back to Tatooine. Yeah. So and then and Leia. So she pays Dash Rendar to go be Luke's secret bodyguard. Yeah. It's like, it'll hurt his feelings if he kn- if he knows that you're there, but, like, still go be there. Everyone's concerned about everyone's feelings in a way. Like, not <laughs> <Yeah>. productive. <laughs> and she goes to, like, a casino with Lando mm-hmm. to try to get a connection with Black Sun to try to get Black Sun to figure out who's trying to kill Luke, which, like, it's Black Sun that's doing True. it. Right, yeah, yeah. So... Um, they eventually run into Guri. Yeah, she shows up, and Who, she's like, "Hey, I'm I'm here to kidnap you." And Guri is a droid that looks exactly like a human, which they make a big GD deal about. Yeah, which like, you wouldn't like, think it would be that crazy of a thing. Yeah, and she's like really beautiful, like she's blonde. She's and, like, 
a gorgeous, gorgeous, live ballerina body assassin droid. Yeah, she's like really beautiful. And that you can have sex with if you want to. They make very clear oh. she is a tiger in the sack if that's what you need from her. <laughs> Poor Guri. Okay. Um. Yeah. And so Guri's like I'm here to kidnap you and Leia's yeah. like no and then Gurry's like okay fine why don't you just come with us yeah come with me and I'll and take they, you to see Zizor. They she gives Leia a disguise to get her through Coruscant and which the is the disguise that she wears yeah yeah is the bounty hunter Bosch is that his name Bosch, Bosch yeah um who has has since died who was actually a real bounty hunter um who died and so they give her this sort of clothes that he was wearing and sneak her through because Zizor is located on Coruscant. Um, yeah. And so, right, Leia, Land, no, Lando too? No, it's just Leia and Chewie. Leia and Chewie um, go to Zizor's palace? Yes. Castle? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, maybe we should stop there. And then, yeah, it's go back, back to Zizor. Um, so, Z- so, like, Luke Zizor. Lando. Well, do you want to do like Luke Lando and Dash? Because that's just like. I don't, honestly, like, you can do it because I don't know what they do. Like, they're just like. I think they're just like trying to find Han. Like, they're on Tatooine. Sure. Whatever. Like, yeah. I read this today and I formed no memories of them. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's some battles at some point. Like,. They they eventually yeah. well Luke eventually eventually meets up with with them at yeah Zizor's, and they're like we gotta place. go save um, Leia from Zizor's palace but at the same time so maybe let's do Vader and get him over with so while this is all happening Vader is preoccupied with the fact that like Luke's out there somewhere <laughs> yeah like I have a son him. and he did yeah. a good job fighting me in this lightsaber oh, fight so and proud. I really want to turn yeah. him to I want to turn him to the dark side yeah and... that would be so much fun like it would be great father son bonding I really and want to like, bond so, with him so Vader Vader the the sort of main uh conflict in this book is that Vader wants to find Luke alive and to to keep him as his baby son and raise him as a dark Jedi. Yes. Zizor, on the other hand, has it out for Luke, wants Luke dead because we find out early on in the book that Vader, um, you know, through some pol- political occupation, has murdered all of Zizor's family right vader doesn't know this he, like he doesn't he, he figures it out eventually he's not that yeah right. but, <laughs> again no but like he yeah no he's he knows that zizor is this a uh, member of this alien race yeah he knows he's Fel- like really really powerful Feline, yeah. and, and there was an incident where vader was trying to develop biological weapons and something got loose on Feline, and as a result he like exterminated a whole portion of the planet yeah. Which included all of Zizor's family, but he's never once said to himself, like, I did exterminate a lot of these this guy's race. I wonder if I got any of that. No. Um, so yeah, Zizor's so Zizor... constantly trying to like curry favor with the Emperor, the Emperor yeah. and undermining Vader in these really sort of like passive aggressive small yeah. ways. Yeah, smirking kind <laughs> of like you know, trying to get at Vader however he can. But he eventually finds out that there's this guy Luke and that Vader's really invested in keeping him alive yeah and so Zaz is trying everything he can to murder Luke Luke dead yeah Um, and so that's kind of the main 
the main conflict. Um, but eventually he realizes that uh, Leia is maybe a good way to get to Luke because he knows that if he kidnaps Leia, Luke will eventually come right. to rescue so, her. Um, but he's also like, I could also seduce her and that would also be a great thing. He thinks it's going to be a really fun thing. <laughs> yeah, he's um, like really into it, super excited. So, um, so Leia and Chewie end up at the palace. Um, Felines also have the ability to like disperse pheromones yeah, at they will. They can secrete pheromones <laughs> at will that are basically irresistible to all like female. humanoid yeah, creatures. Yeah, he talks a lot about females, which is like, real gross. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it seems like any female species of the species pretty much but, is. Like, is I don't think he would be limited to humans. Like he could also, I'm sure, get like Twi'leks. Yes, or... I think any any sort of any sort of female sentient. I think he has the capability of seducing with his smells. Like, he's, like yeah, he's like, um, and he's real into it. And we're going to talk a lot about Sizer, so, so just yeah, don't, bear with us I on the plot. I can barely stand it. Um, so, so yeah, he, so like, he tries almost to seduce, seduces he almost Leia. seduces Leia. And Leia is strong enough to be like, no, and like, Chewie knocks on the door, and she's like, kind of snaps out of it, and she eventually realizes that, like, that's what he's doing, Um, and once he realizes that she's not into it, they sort of throw her in this really great room that's like a hotel room. (laughs) Yeah, just like a really, really nice hotel suite. Hotel room, but she can't leave, Um, and he's just constantly planning on like, how am I going to seduce her now, and like, thinks it's the most fun game. That he's ever yeah. played. And he's like constantly like inviting her. Like, do you want to come to breakfast with me? Like, like, do you no. want to come to my party bathtub with me? <laughs> he's got a party bathtub. Um, but then Luke, Luke event, sort of reaches out to Leia through the forest and is like, "I'm coming." He eventually gets there. They get Leia out. Yeah, they rescue Leia and they escape. And do they? Does Luke kill? Gurry. Yeah, I think he does kill Gurry, and then there's, like, a space battle like, around And Dashrendar gets killed. Dashrendar gets killed, but wait a minute. He's gonna show up in other books. <laughs> he's not actually dead. Um, no, that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah he's not. Um, and apparently that's the video... In the video game, there's, like, a end sequence where you, like, hear his voice over, and he's like, what's great about being a martyr and you're not dead is that you're not dead, or something <laughs> stupid, <laughs> stupid like that. Um, so we so think he's... <laughs> Faked his death for literally no reason. Yeah, I think he's, I don't know if it's like figured. Like everyone thinks he's dead, and he's just like enjoying the fact that everyone thinks he's dead. I'm, I don't know. He comes back in the New Jedi Order. It seems like everyone is going to show up in the New Jedi Order books when we get there eventually. That's like the real high school reunion kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <very laughs> um, but yeah. So and then they uh, Zizor escapes into they call it a skyhook. I think it's like a ship, some kind of ship. I don't- I think it's like not. A sh- I think it's like Vader also has a sky. Everyone's got a sky hook. I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> I think it's like a greenhouse that floats above the city. Okay, sure. <laughs> I, don't know. Um, I think I think it's because like it's such a cityish area. I think yeah, it's like okay. renting. I think it's like renting rooftop garden space. So like, I think it's like a rooftop garden <laughs> kind of thing. But he he ends up dead. Yeah, too. Vader has his sky has Zizor's skyhook sky blown up. Yeah, blown up. So he he ends up dead. And then the very end, we we have an epilogue scene of Luke uh, on Tatooine recording his message to Jabba. Um, yeah, that he sends on with R two. 
Um, and so it must end pretty quickly or pretty soon before, before Jedi. Yeah, like, like a weekend before Return of the Jedi. Well, he's going to take the weekend to sit in Obi-Wan's house (laughs) and just like chill. Yeah, just like watch the holo progs. Yeah, like mentally prepare, like maybe binge watch like Grace and Frankie. Like he's going to like take some time for himself before. Just like, you know, I need to recharge. Like I'm about to go through. I've just come off of a kind of intense moment. We're headed into another one. Yeah, like I I need, I just need some time. And Leia's like, well, don't take too long because I'm going to be in here. Yeah. And he's like, I just need a couple of days. Like, come on. Yeah. I need to take care of myself too. Yeah. Um, I need some me time. Yeah. We were in that great hotel room for like a long time. Yeah, seriously. And she takes and like like luxurious baths and naps and <laughs> eats amazing food. It's yeah. like a whole like part of it. You had like basically a vacation. I know you were kidnapped, but <laughs> like come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, okay. what part of this should we discuss first? I don't know. Like, <laughs> too much. It's a lot to it's deal with. So I feel much. like we just have to talk about Zizor. Okay. Like, everything about Zizor. There's a scene. This is going to be the whole episode to me. <laughs> yeah. There's a scene where he's working out and yeah. he looks down at his abs and he's like, oh my God, I am a god. <laughs> like, I am the hottest thing that ever lived. Bar none. Like, just- well, Zizor spends all of his time thinking about how handsome, rich, and powerful he is. Like, nonstop. I but mean, mostly like, how handsome he is. Yeah. Like, that is. And sometimes how rich he is. He thinks sometimes. a lot about how rich he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. But, like, a lot of it is. And like really good luck. <laughs> yeah. really and the good thing luck. is, okay, yes, he's like incredibly buff. He has strong shoulders, abs <laughs> cut from marble. Like he is like described as just inhumanly gorgeous. Like kind of cold because he's from a reptilian, like reptilian descended. But you would not know that to look at him. Yeah. He's um, just- there's no obvious reptile features. Maybe he looks a little bit green, but when he's in seduction mode, he gets like normal human coloring and stuff. Yeah. But like, and so even he opens the door and Leia's like, "Oh my god, Zizor yeah. is gorgeous. gorgeous!" Like she yeah. there actually is like an ellipse and then gorgeous in italics. Like, yeah, yeah. he is so beautiful. So my thing is, what happened when they went to illustrate Zizor? Because they said, get, looked, "Get us Billy Zane." <laughs> it's like I've looked at some pictures and. Yeah. I mean, on the cover of the book, I guess he looks okay. Like, I don't really think he looks that gorgeous, and his nails are a little bit Father Blackwood, but, like, he looks okay. But there's a lot of yeah. illustrations of Zizor where he looks like a nightmare. Like, you would yeah. not... He, he doesn't look seductive at all. Like, well, I feel I like was, Zizor sh- should be a lot hotter than he is. Well, that's why I was confused. And maybe this is just me, like, reading too much into it. But I was like, am I supposed to think he's gorgeous? Or am I just supposed to think he thinks he's gorgeous? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not sure. And maybe that's because I have seen, like, illustrations and, and like, comic book-style drawings of him. And he's, like, he looks like a lizard man. Like, he doesn't Yeah, he look... looks like a li- he looks like a monster lizard man. Like, he's yeah. not hot at all. Um, And so, like, I was confused about... But I think we are supposed to think... Like, I think we are supposed to think he's gorgeous as... as yeah, leaders. I mean, like, I get the pheromone thing, but I think we're supposed to think he's good-looking <laughs> anyway, right? Yeah, like, no, I think we are supposed to think he's good-looking, and I think 
the thing that I that I find a little bit confusing is like the pheromone power thing because yeah. he's both extremely good looking and has this ability. Like, like I, it just seems to me like too much. Like it's too much. <laughs> too much. Yeah, it's at one point when he's trying when he's working on seducing Leia and she's like going for it initially. Direct quote. Zizor favored her with his sexiest smile. <laughs> Some of the lines in this book are bananas. But like, and again, this is still a Star Wars novel. Like, it is still like kind of asexual. Yeah. But Zizor, like, even like they would never say the word sex, and no, like, and there's no that word, yeah, depictions of sex, sex. But Zizor spends a lot of time thinking about his sex life like he he is constantly like i could have any woman i want i have had any woman i want i have this gorgeous sexy robot lady that i could have sex with but i'm not even gonna have sex with her because i could have sex with anybody (laughs) like yes he's like yes he's like yes sometimes i have sex with her but right now i'm not gonna have sex with her i could though she's gorgeous and i've paid nine million credits for her and she works which i think actually not not an exorbitant price for a robot of that quality no i think that's very Uh, reasonable like (laughs) maybe you got a deal (laughs) for a robot indistinguishable from a human incredibly intelligent gives great advice is an expert assassin and apparently a tiger in the sack like i think (laughs) you did good i think they basically gave that away like (laughs) yeah he's just he's like, we have not had a character like him in the year's worth of books we have read. No, I mean, like, so he is not, I mean, like, the closest would be Brachus, because Brachus was also kind yeah. of focused on how beautiful he yeah, was. He wasn't as confident. Like, literally, Zizor has not an ounce of self-doubt about anything. Ever. 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 It is it is boggling. And, like, also the way that he thinks of himself. Like, he is nonstop writing just, like, fan letters to himself. Yeah, he just... He- and also in ways that make no sense because <laughs> he'll say things like, there's one part where he's, like, on his way to his favorite restaurant and he's in the car or whatever it is he goes in. He's in the car thinking about how he will definitely not have to wait because they know that if you keep, if someone is dumb enough to keep him waiting, they will lose their job if they are lucky and, you know, yeah. they, they might get killed depending on how he feels about it. And then later, in the same paragraph, he says, like, patience was one of his virtues. Yeah. And... With a complete straight face. Just like he's constantly thinking about how much money he has and like all the stuff that he can buy, but also like says that he doesn't care about wealth and is like, you're obsessed with wealth. Yeah. He's the craziest character. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, I'm basically, I was obsessed with him. Yeah, I was obsessed with him. I mean, he's also so gross. Like, he is like real real gross when he's trying to seduce Leia. Like, it is... Oh. I mean, he's... Really I mean, like... I mean, he's basically a rapist. Like, yeah. if, the pheromone thing is not any different than, like, a date rape drug. Right, yeah, that, yeah. Like, he's... Using chemicals to 
compel someone who would not normally want to have sex with you to have right, sex, to have with, sex you. with you. Yeah. And just like the way he's like, he's constantly nonstop thinking about her naked. He has cameras yep. in her room. He is yep. so <laughs> gross. <laughs> he has cameras in her room. He's got hidden cameras around. At one point, like, he's watching a video of her talking to Gurry and he like, gets a freeze frame shot and like has it hung up on the yeah, wall in his gonna, room like this is gonna be my new like painting in my private room like it is and he's like, like it, every moment yeah. that like because it keeps it cuts very fast between points of views um but every time it sort of like ends on his point of view like before he gets leia um kidnapped like the last thought he has is like, and then all her clothes will come off. Like he's just like nonstop. <laughs> like, and then I can't wait to like get, get her to totally naked. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like he's nonstop. Cannot he's wait like, to get her clothes off. And then he's like, got again. The book is still quite like you were saying, quite chaste. It's really not sex in it. So like that's as far as it seems like it's gonna go. It's just like laying naked. Yeah, but he is, Zizor is at least as obsessed with the idea of Leia naked as, like, every young man who watched the Star Wars yeah, movies yeah, yeah. at a certain right, right, age, right? right? Yeah, like, and, like, thinking about Jedi, then, it just made me feel so, like, upset for Leia that, like... Yeah. Like, she basically is naked in Jedi. Like, it's just, it's just a lot of talk of her being nude that was very upsetting. Yeah, nude and, like, controlled, like, on yeah. cameras yes. and kidnapped and... Yeah, eventually was, she kind of figures out that he must be, he must be filming her. Um, also, that like very, I guess I don't know if it's like a Bond villain thing, but it's like a thing that happens a lot on TV and movies that like I feel like never happens in real life. But like, and it, it happens when like the character I think is meant supposed to meant to be like a good guy too. When like someone buys clothes for someone they're interested in to wear. Yeah. Which, yeah. like, always makes me feel really uncomfortable, and I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, that, like, like Leia shows up, and there's, like, clothes. a closet full of, like, designer, I mean, like, one-of-a-kind designer pieces. Yeah, like, like, not just, like, Chanel, but, like, yeah, gorgeous. beyond. Yeah. Like, off the runway, one-of-a-kind designer, all in exactly her size. Yeah. And she picks out a real sexy outfit to wear for him, because, like... She is initially super into it. The horm- the oh, hormone yeah. thing is working a hundred percent to the point that she is thinking crazy thoughts inside her head. She starts addressing herself as sister, which yeah, <laughs> yeah is well, deeply we have to confusing. Talk about that. <laughs> so, like, she has self like inner monologues about like, especially about her like attraction to Zizor and feeling really. She feels so guilty yes. about like even the thought of. Guilty, but also defensive. Like, Guilty and defensive. Um, but she refers to herself as sister. She'll be like, you know, but you're in love with Han, sister. Like, <laughs> yeah. So here we go. The part of her that sat somewhere in her mind, watching and listening, and refusing to allow anything but the truth to pass pass it, seemed to chuckle. Oh, really? You might not do anything about what you felt for him, sister, but you won't be able to forget it that easily. <laughs> like. I I talk to myself and like think about myself in the third person a lot. It, I live by yeah. myself. I have never once in my entire <laughs> life mentally referred to myself as sister. 
weirdest like like why is the voice in your own head <laughs> condescending to you yeah, calling yeah, you sister, sister. <laughs> like her inner monologue is like a sassy best friend like yeah like <laughs> what is that yeah <laughs> like when you're thinking to yourself you don't really refer to yourself as anything usually you're just no thinking yourself <laughs> you're just like oh come on like what am i doing yeah and, and, not like, what am I doing, lady? <laughs> yeah, like, what do you think you're doing, missy? Like, yeah, yeah, no. Like, that's not... How weird is that? <laughs> it works. And it doesn't happen for ever. any other character. Like, no, what? it's just like, well, like, this also, I mean, it's, it's very typical of these books, but I am, like, obviously, and, you know, it's a big wide world with lots of different kinds of people in it, but people walked away from the Star Wars movies and went on to write novels with a very different understanding of Leia than I gleaned from those movies. Because it's a very, like, consistent thing that comes up here that this Leia is, like, kind of snobby and kind of prissy. She's always complaining about, like, oh, like, this restaurant is gross. Like, oh, this casino is totally crappy. Like, oh, this place makes the last place look good. And I don't get that at all. Like, I don't know where that came from. But it's the same. It comes up in the Jedi Academy books and stuff where Luke's always like, oh, Leia, always buying all this unnecessary luxury goods. Yeah, and, yeah that is not You know, Leia with character. all her fancy clothes and stuff. It's like, I don't get that at all. She made one crack about the Millennium Falcon in A New Hope, but, like, everyone did. It apparently yeah, right. just looks like a jalopy. Yeah, nobody, <laughs> yeah, nobody looks at the Millennium Falcon and thinks it's, like, a ship that's going to get off the ground. So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, she, but she I think really is she betrayed. Was, yeah, uh, but, like, she was there in Hoth with everybody else. Like, she's there yeah, in the jungles. I don't, I don't understand where this comes from. And I also don't understand this idea that she's a diplomat. Like... Yeah, I know we just accept that in the books, but like, where are we pulling that from in the movie? Because in A New Hope, she says, oh, you know, I'm a member of the Imperial Senate on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan, which was A, a lie, and B, does not mean you are a diplomat. diplomat. Right, it just means, right, you're on a mission, right? She was a senator, right? That's Yeah. 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 I- and I mean, okay, fine. Maybe there's a fine line between politician and diplomat, but I just like... It doesn't see. It seems like it was a cover. It doesn't seem like her whole thing is that right, she is, like right. super into it. But like we go straight into that, right? That Leia needs to do the wheeling and dealing, and Leia's a big diplomat type. Even though I've never in all the movies seen her like talk her way into anything or convince anyone of anything. Like, yeah, using she's just that like kind of skill set. A good leader. Like I think she's just yeah. a leader. Like that's my impression of like of Leia is like in a leadership position, not necessarily yeah. in a, like you know diplomatic yeah like i'm thinking of like empire when it's time to get off get off of hoth she's got everyone gathered around she's like here's the plan here's what we're gonna do do. yeah like i you know she delegates she gives out you know she knows she can see the big picture right yeah but it's not that she's just like oh this place is so cold and kind of yucky and everyone needs to listen to me so we can come up with a solution that works in a diplomatic way and like yeah that's not her at all and i feel like that's Especially after Empire, like, that shouldn't be who she is after the events of Empire. Yeah, and also, there was one point when she's thinking about Chewbacca and how it's, like, annoying her that he's always hanging around with her oh. because Han told her to take yeah, care of him. Yeah, I was real upset. And then Lando's like, I was like, outraged. Uh. 
I was outraged, especially because really it's like, it's the, the passage is she's like talking about how irritating she, he is. And then it's like, Leia like Chewie. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, no. Say what, bitch? Like, yeah. okay. Leia Are you loves, kidding me? Loves Chewie. Yes. After Empire? Like. Yeah. They would be inseparable after Empire. Yeah. Not they just were- because Chewie felt like he was obligated no, but like, because they were legitimate besties like when they were when lando was choking chewy i mean yeah. Chewie was choking lando leia was like not like oh my gosh this wookie is so annoying like stop yeah, what you're doing was like, leia was like that's right like right. Choke yeah. Him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they're like super good friends and also you think leia would know like i think I, my impression from empire is that when when han says to chewy like you have to protect the princess like that's your job now like, Leia moves towards Chewie and, like, grabs his arm. Yeah. And, like, to me, that's, like, an understanding of Leia's, like, first of all, being, like, Chewie, don't just, like, suddenly go crazy and destroy everyone because, like, this is a precarious situation. But also, like, I, I understand exactly what that means, right? That, like, right. Chewie, like, your debt is now placed to Leia. onto me. And, and even also, though, like, that's like, not in the movies, like, clearly from the expanded universe, like, everyone understands that. Yeah, it's a big deal. Thing. And that they are united in having gone through this traumatic instance yes. of losing the person that they love, like, in different ways. But for both of them, Han yeah. is the person that well, they most love. I do think Chewie is treated terribly in this book. Just, like... Very badly. There are, and we've had conversations about this before, about the way... and. I, we mentioned in the Chusa Bakura episode that, like, Chewie was actually a character in that book. And for the most part, this is how Chewie is treated in these books where he, like, doesn't have inner monologue. Everyone's translating for him. He's just, like, a big Muppet who's there and, like, doing stuff but is not a character. Right. He's, like, the droids, No, he's just basically, you know, like, like, a clever dog. Like, right. they don't... Right. He's, like, the protector and... He's good at, you know, flying the ship and helping out, but he's not participating in, like, the No, he's, story. like, irrational, and he's not really fully a character. He doesn't have that kind of interiority, which yeah, is... zero inter- interiority in this book. And which is troubling, yeah. Yeah, and, it, and yeah, it's just not... It, it doesn't come off well, and it mistreats a character who's, like, very important. And in the films... You know, we don't understand what he's saying, but, like, it's so clear he has interiority, and it's easy, completely easy to understand, like, what Chewie means and what he's doing and what he means to the characters on screen that, you know, I different yeah. authors no, have that, done it different ways to different very, you know, very Yeah, success, I feel like, but. obviously, A.C. Crispin was amazing right. in her treatment of Chewbacca and Kashyyyk, like all the stuff we got about Wookiee culture there. Kevin J. Anderson is another one who is consistently very good with like Chewie and Wookiees. Yeah. Where like in, in Young Jedi Knights, we would get whole scenes that were just between Wookiee characters. Right. About, yeah, which is like, great. Yeah. What was going on with them. But yeah, yeah this for is the not... most part, it doesn't. They sort of just treat him like a pet that can sometimes do stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, this, the author of this book, I've, I've forgotten his name, but he understood the events of Empire very differently than yes. yeah. I did. Um, Steve Perry, who is not, he's not the same Steve Perry, who's the lead singer of Journey, a different <laughs> but that would I'm be great. I'm glad you checked on that for <laughs> But would be great. Um, yeah, because like the, she's, when she's thinking about 
like she has a nightmare about her. So she's thinking about when Han was frozen in carbonite. And she says she hadn't really known until that moment that she loved him. When she saw Vader order him lowered into the freezing chamber, when she knew there was a chance he might not come out alive, she'd had to say it. It had come out of her unbidden. It had seemed as if the words had been spoken by another woman. It had been so dot 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 unreal. Like, I don't agree with that at all. No, like, I think she knows exactly what she's doing. And like, maybe it. I think it does come out of that moment. But not because it's unreal, because it's, like, very real. And he's, like, he's about to die. Like, she doesn't know what this carbonite's going to do. Like, he could be dead in the next Right, but I also don't feel like it was involuntary or that she didn't know. I feel like it was something that she had been, like, holding back or, like, wrestling with for a long time. And in that moment, like, it was a choice. Right, a choice between saying it and maybe never having a chance to say Is, like, you know, do I say it now? Because, like, he might think that I'm just saying it because, like, this is happening now. Like, is he going to understand right. that I really mean it? Um, which is why I know no, the means, response. Right, right, because he's like, you don't even need to say it. Like, we don't need to say yeah. it. Like, it's fine. Like, I know. Um, right. Which is why that moment is so, like, a, such a I mean, that's why it works. Like, I mean, everybody treats it like he said something super badass. But if you go and watch it, like, the emotion in his eyes. No, yeah, he's just saying it. I mean, it's basically him saying, I love you, too. Like, that's what yeah. he's saying. He's just not saying Yeah, but, like, better, like that, that. I love you, too, is the subtext of this moment. It's right, not, right, like, right, of right. course, I'm a badass, which is sort of like the Dash Rimdar character kind of right, thing. Right, Um, Yeah, maybe talk a little bit about Dash. Although, like you said, I don't really know what he does in the book. But... <laughs> Like, I just, I'm confused at the choices made. And maybe it is just, like, this also has to be a video game. We also need to make action figures. Like, we need to have a Han character because there always needs to be a Han character. Um, yeah, I just felt like they should have let Lando step up and be the Han character. Yeah, they should have like, let Lando he, step up. I don't, He was doing fine. Yeah. I don't understand, like, I'm grateful for Zizor because it has brought a lot of questions and... Oh, Zizor. I mean, I can, we, can, we can come back to We're Zizor. We're going to come back cause... to Zizor. But I'm also, like, thinking about it in, some, in sort of, like, you're bridging the gap between Empire and Jedi. Like, why isn't Boba Fett a bigger character? Or why, like, why? Or Jabba. Or Jabba. Or, you know, why are we not just on Tatooine trying to figure, like, planning the infiltration of Jabba's palace or, like, discovering... You know what? Because do they even know that Jabba was by the end of Empire? Are they like sure about? I don't even know if they know that Jabba's the one who's behind it. Because I don't know. They don't have like a conversation with Boba Fett. Um, like I, I don't know. I just the the approach to that gap. It seems to me like they were like, we need we need a character that we can make an action figure. <laughs> Like, yeah, we but need I, an interesting. So it's like Dash Render, Zizor. Like we need new characters that we can sort of like build on those characters right. in this sort of like franchise way, rather than sort of like streamlining like what actually would have happened between Empire and Jedi, which is that like everyone would have sat down and been like, "What do we do?" Right. No, and you could easily have a book where they first. Because I think Lando, when he's wearing Han's clothes, is like, we'll find that bounty hunter or something like that. Yeah. So, like, you know, looking for Boba Fett, realizing that Boba Fett has brought Han to Tatooine and then planning the infiltration and starting the infiltration of Jabba's palace could easily be a book. 
And, you know, then, like, that book could undertake the impossible task of explaining what Luke's plan actually was at the front end of Eddie and right, Jabba's right, palace. Right. Yeah, like, like, what is going that on? That would be the Lord's work to lay that out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, just everyone in a room being like, Luke, what? Like, yeah. Okay, so then you're gonna go and you're gonna get captured. It's like, but why? Like, yeah. Why do we Wait, play it? Don't get <laughs> Why don't you just go? <laughs> He's like, no, no, no. Also, like him <laughs> once the everyone's lightsaber, captured, like it seems like a throw. Like it just seems like a throwaway. The sort of like. Yeah, he's just, like, got a lightsaber on in the microwave, like, in the background. At the end of the book, he's, like, he calls himself, like, a Jedi Knight, and he's so proud, and I'm like, wait, what? Like, (laughs) what happened? Hey, Luke, that's not how getting knighted works. No, that's not how anything works. You don't just sit around in your dead friend's house and then, oh, Jedi Knight. Like You don't get to knight yourself. That's not how it works. Also, (laughs) so frequently in this book, Obi-Wan is, like, yelling at Luke to pay attention to things going on around him. I mean, Luke, I was not as mad at Luke in this book as I have been at Luke in the past, but he is real (laughs) dumb-dumb. He's just walking around like he doesn't know it's, what's going on. Like there are like five times where Obi-Wan is like, Luke! And Luke's like, oh crap. And like it's almost yeah, killed. the wheel. Like he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> he's really, really. But there's a moment at the end between him and Guri. I guess they've like cornered Guri or, you know, are about to kill her or whatever. And he's like, oh, well, like you could live. Like we could just reprogram you. And I'm like, Luke, what do we? We program her. Like that's not a option. Like no, yeah, Grace. No, like, you that's can't. Not how this works. Like, do you not see what I am? Like, this isn't like that's a ridiculous reboot. Like, this is, this is, like awesome. it's not using his head. Like, and that's supposed to be like a moment of like we're supposed to think of Luke as like merciful, and I'm like. Luke, no. Yeah, this is like, we talked about how in Truce at Bacora, Kathy Tyers did like a uniquely good job of making yeah. Luke's like belief in redemption seem like a good quality instead of him just being stupid. But in this book, he was just back to being <laughs> stupid. So stupid. I spent yeah. most of the book feeling like, like, like he's just like needs two more hours of sleep a night or yeah. like he's not drinking enough and water also, or like, like. I know I, I, I misremembered this last time, but like. He did just find out that Vader was his dad. Yes. And that barely gets mentioned. Barely registers. In this book, which I think would be a really interesting arc. Like, again, I wasn't mad at Luke, but uh, he could have not been in this book and I've been like, whatever. But an yeah. interesting, like, you know, th- we're trying to plan the infiltration of Jabba's palace. Like, Chewie is just, like, inconsolable, right? Luke's come up with a bunch of terrible plans. And it's all because <laughs> he's going through this, like, emotional... Yeah, but, like, he says early on, like, oh, man, I wish I could ask Obi-Wan or Yoda, which, like, why not? Yeah, they're there watching you fail. And you know where Yoda lives. (laughs) Like, you can go ask. I mean, eventually you do go see Yoda. Like, you have a lot of time to kill. Go see Yoda. Yeah, but, like, then he's just like, oh, well. And he does have this thing where he feels like he's struggling with the temptation of the dark side in this book, which I guess sort of sets up um, some of the issues in... Return of the Jedi a little bit, but it also just made him seem crazy to me because there's one part early on where he's practicing his Jedi skills because he's 
literally broken into the Tatooine circus at night. Yeah. Um, I didn't think Pat Tatooine had a population that could support a permanent circus. But it does. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it does. So he's like broken in at night to practice his force abilities by walking on the tightrope. Like and at the one point, saddest human being. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine the scene? Like visualize Luke Skywalker, a twenty-year-old or whatever man, by himself breaking into a circus. A spotlight of him trying to tightrope walk. Like, it is the most depressing thing ever. And then, like, like, at one point, he gets, like, halfway across the tightrope and then starts running because he feels like the dark side is on the tightrope behind him, like, chasing him. He needs to journal. Like, he needs (laughs) to get one of Obi-Wan's old notebooks and just write it it down. (laughs) Because he's got real problems. Yeah, but, like, he should, and he should, like, he should have real problems after hearing that this, But, like, he doesn't have the problems that he should have. he has the problems of, like, (laughs) he's not, like, we're right, he's not getting enough sleep, like, he's not drinking enough water, like, we need to make sure he's eating his vegetables, because, like, there's something (laughs) off about Something has gone real wrong, like, he needs some blue milk. Yeah, he He needs some blue milk. Yeah. I mean, maybe Tatooine's not the place to, like wait around like maybe no. wait around somewhere else and when we get to Tatooine we get to Tatooine yeah there's a lot of like killing time Tatooine maybe not a best place it would I feel like they shouldn't be on Tatooine yeah. at all it would be so much more interesting if this was like rebel bases and Coruscant and that getting to Tatooine was like the finale at the end because like right. we know it's that's like where they're going bouncing- and it's just like bouncing back, like I said this before, they're bouncing back and forth. Like they're on Tatooine, they're out, they're not. They're back on Tatooine. They're not on Like ever they keep going back to Tatooine. I'm like, that's nobody's home base. Like Luke doesn't even want to be yeah, there. Yeah, like, like why are we on Tatooine? Nobody wants to be on Tatooine. Like it just seems ridiculous. Yeah. <sighs> Maybe we should talk Honestly, on a little bit about Zizor and Vader's Vader. relationship. I was just thinking this that like maybe Zizor was like they were in a meeting and they're like what is the opposite villain of Vader and they're like well he's definitely naked all the time because <laughs> Vader Vader's just covered in clothes yeah. he's naked all the time he's like really just... confident in his body someone who feels so really good about his body and he's like sexy and because like we so find out in this book that Vader feels sexy. really bad about his body <laughs> like He's really self-conscious. He's Vader's so sad in this book. Like, if we're supposed to think he's... And he talks about how it's, like, him building up his, like, self-confidence because he's like, well, everybody should be terrified of me. And if they're not terrified of me, they just don't know me yet. And, like, he's just, like... But that is, like, his one moment of feeling good about himself is, like, when people are scared of him. He's really, really taken aback by Zizor and his, like, like Zizor's trying to like sneak up to the Empire and like or the Emperor and like make him like be his best friend. Yeah. And, well, Zizor and Vader's like he's like he's not like I'm gonna kill this guy. Like this is the end of Zizor. He's like, wait a minute, <laughs> that's my friend. Yeah. Vader's <laughs> always just kind of like confused and insecure. Yeah. Zizor and resentful. Is, like, in on like I forget if he like if he somehow, like, gets an audio in. But he, like, overhears the conversation about that 
Vader and the Emperor have that, like, Luke is his son. Yeah. In Empire. Yeah, that's... That's how the book starts. Yeah, it's like, it's like Zizer's, like, in the room with the Emperor, like, having a meeting. Oh, yeah, he's, like, waiting. And the Emperor's yeah, like, like, oh, I have to make a quick call. Like, you can, you can just stay there. It's fine. Right. I have to make a quick secret call. You just sit. You just, you're so pretty. You just sit there. <laughs> it's fine. Sit there looking pretty. And, yeah, and that's when the Emperor calls Vader and is, like, you know the son of Skywalker, Skywalker and Zizer's like ooh I guess he's got a yeah, son he, he says this happens twice this is something Luke does too but the way it's written in the book is he's like he finds out that like oh Vader has a son it goes amazing was <laughs> <laughs> the Kroll show sketch of Liz and Liz with him and Jenny Slate playing these like publicists like you know vocal fry girls going like amazing like it's just like it's just like because luke does it too there's a moment where luke's in like obi-wan's house and he like finds a lightsaber or whatever and he goes amazing like it's just like a one paragraph that just is amazing and i'm like these are things that people think are amazing. Yeah. amazing. Um, but yeah, he's just like, huh, amazing. Like, that's great. I'm going to do something. Like, he knows. Zizor is like, like. That's not a big, deep, dark secret. Apparently, Emperor's like, you know, I guess his son, Vader. <laughs> you know, Vader is a new son. I feel like the Emperor is doing a lot of game playing here. Especially, like, okay, so we know that the Emperor is using Zizor and Zizor's sort of social climbing ways just to mess with Darth Vader, just to be like, you yeah. know what? You're not my sweet baby. Like, yeah, I, might yeah. Re- I have other sweet babies that are way hotter than you. <laughs> I might replace you. And like, yeah, yeah. he's better to look and at. And then at the same time, we find out that it, he also is like dispatching Mara Jade to try to assassinate Luke during this period. Yeah. And- yeah, everyone's just out. It's a very confusing out, time. To save Luke or get Luke, but yeah, Vader, Vader and Zizor seem to be like opposites. Yeah, like and like they don't have that head. many scenes together. But when they do, no, they at don't. one point Zizor describes it like that. They're kind. They're, they're there's like a subtext to their conversation. He says Vader jabbed carefully using a fine point, and Zizor parried. Each conversation he had with the Dark Lord of the Sith was thus. An obvious surface dialogue with much hidden in the depths below it. It was a kind of it was kind of it was a kind of fugue in which each player tried to score, like two brothers trying to outdo each other in the eyes of a critical father. And as I read that, I was like, "Does Vader know that that's what this is?" Because like I don't, yeah. I don't think he knows. I don't think he knows. Yeah, and I think Zizor knows. Like Zizor's definitely like trying to play the game, and like Zizor's a big game player. Good yeah. Um, but it's it really does undercut like Vader as a villain. Vader completely. is much less cool in this book. He's way less cool. He's not as scary. Like the 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 just like idea that the Emperor is like you know auditioning other people. Yeah, to be just like to jerk, his, just like jerking him around because he's bored. I guess like yeah, like it just it just you know under like the reveal of the Emperor in. Uh, Empire Strikes Back, right, is a big deal yeah. because it's like, oh my god, there's somebody above Vader who is, like, controlling Vader. Someone that Vader be bows even... before. Yeah, like... Right. But, like, to think that, you know, this guy can just, like, swoop in and take Vader's place makes Vader just seem like, well, like, nobody cares about <laughs> Yeah, <you."> like, <laughs> it's like, you're not actually super special. Right, you're not, not, nobody's actually afraid of you, like, you're just, you know... <laughs> 
you know, the guy that the emperor is, you know, into now, yeah. but, you like, know, wait a couple days. And- <laughs> the emperor is so flighty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Then they just, like, switch. Like, it just, yeah, it really, it really, it takes away from, from Vader as, like, a villain that we are, we should take seriously. Yeah, take no, seriously. he seems really pitiful here. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, he can choke people with the force, but, like, so what? You know, his heart is so sad on the inside. <laughs> Yeah, have you seen Sizer's abs? Who cares? Like, <laughs> Leia also works out at a couple of points in this book. Yeah, well, she says it's because she wants to be, like, warmed up in case she's got to, like, make a run for right. it. But I think she's just, like, got to get in shape. Sizer. <laughs> have you seen him? He looks amazing. You just look at him and you're like, I just got to work I got to get to the gym. <laughs> Like, this guy, like, he's just, I, need, I know I've been kidnapped and I'm staying in a luxury hotel suite, but like, I gotta do some Pilates or something. Yeah, something like because it's just you can't look at him and think like I'm just not doing enough. Like, not. Oh yeah, another thing about Zizor, <laughs> just a Zizor fun fact is that he seems to be like a serial monogamist it seems like he just has one girlfriend at a time yeah um, very short term and yes no right they do not stick around but they are his number one like while they're around while they're around and when he breaks up with them he gives them like a palace yeah Right, and it's just like, don't ever talk to me. <laughs> he gives them a palace, and then he has Guri call them and say, like, you're being broken up with. Here is a ton of money. Never talk yeah. to Zizor again. And yeah. there's one woman who tried to talk to him again, and she had, and he had her, like, encased in concrete, Jimmy Hoffa style, in like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a high rise. Yeah. Like, are you, which, like, doesn't seem like, like, it seems like a pretty good deal. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> I mean, just don't talk to him. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, here's my palace. All I right. mean, especially yeah. if the way that he's scoring these women is that, like, he's a hottie and he's exuding pheromones, then, like, there can't, yeah. like, presumably emotional attachment is not that strong. Like, right. It's just like, you were really hot. This was fun. Yeah, like, once he leaves and the pheromones are gone and you have a palace and, like, half a million dollars or whatever it is that he gives you, like, yeah. it seems like it would be easy to move on. Yeah, just like get over yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> but like Yeah, he is real interesting. Seems like a really complicated way to break up with someone. Like Yeah, yeah, just like it's a lot of steps. Break up with yeah. Yeah. Oh, Sizor. Sizor is just a real he's just a real trip. Like I would love for there to yeah. be I would accept more Sizor anytime. Like yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame he he dies and Dash survives. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The way they presented Dash Rendar's backstory, like it was the most like outrageous and tragic thing and heartbreaking that the yeah. Empire had done. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, that's all you got? Um, yeah. That's enough to make me miss Kevin J. Anderson. Kevin J. Anderson could have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll give you a sob story. <laughs> yeah, sob story. This was nothing. This was basically the, I think I got this, that Dash Rendar was from a very wealthy family in the Empire, and he was in the Imperial Academy. And then somebody he was related to, like, got a DUI or something and crashed into the Emperor's yeah. Museum. And that and that person, that pilot died, but 
the emperor was so upset that he just like had the whole family driven out of town. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. He had the Rendar's family's property seized and had them banished from Coruscant. Um, and then, yeah, but the reaction is so intense. Leia ground her teeth. That kind of thing was one of the reasons the Alliance was fighting the Empire. Like, that? Yeah, Zizor's backstory is more tragic than, than that. that. That's just some, like, like, that's just some Russian oligarch stuff. And that's, like, some very mild, like, Russian oligarch yeah. stuff. Like, yeah. the fact that they like, were uh, a wealthy yeah. and powerful Imperial family, prob- and he was in the Imperial Academy, like, they were ro- they were playing the game, like, you play the game sometimes you'll lose like no one even got killed yeah yeah Yeah. i mean like we said like this book is zizor's yes like this is his his zizor is by (laughs) far the most interesting character and like we start with zizor like the opening thing is zizor during empire listening in on vader being told he has a son (laughs) yeah and and zizor just being like amazing that's great it's amazing i just love the the idea that the emperor is just like i could give an s who knows yeah like that you have a son like this is not a big secret like let's just you know leak it to the tabloids let everyone know (laughs) i do not care so who um yeah it's like his story yeah i i have a question i have a question um that i haven't really thought of it just popped in my head why because, like, I think there are, in some ways, that these characters are very similar. Why does Zizor work when Thrawn doesn't? Ooh, that's so interesting. Because they're both, like, very self-confident. Um, I don't think Thrawn thinks he's as sexy as Zizor thinks <laughs> No one. So, like, I think Thrawn. No one thinks he no is. One in the history of fiction or the real world thinks they're as sexy as Zizor thinks he is. Um, but there's, like, like, Thrawn is also kind of the main character. Yeah. Of of those books, like Thrawn is also just, very into like how smart and schemy he is. He's kind of an alien, right. but he's mostly like human. He's very high up in the Empire, like right. He's into like art and like material things in a in a similar way that Sizor's. But Sizor is just bonkers entertaining <laughs> in a way oh that, i was you know and really gross and super skeevy and like but, but i like, never so like rolled my compelling. eyes when zizor showed up on the page i was I like was not bored for anytime with it said <laughs> i saw the letter x i was like slow down here we go yeah like, let's go <laughs> but thrawn i wanted to throw out a window like i just don't know what what the it's what the difference is is it question. just a, like I, I don't, I don't necessarily. I mean, maybe it's because we didn't have him for, th- but even from the beginning, Thrawn. To yeah, no, Thrawn. Like, oh my god, wasn't diminishing returns. He was just never any good. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe because he spent so much time talking about what. He, I mean, or maybe because of, we talked about this that like Thrawn and the our like heroes never actually had any. Yeah interactions well, like, with each other. Zizor is nonstop doing stuff. Like Yes, he's he's go, go, go. <laughs> Here's my list for the day. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, like Zizor is very active. He and like he often thinks about the things he's doing, but like while he's doing them, right? Doing like it. he's not right. just gonna sit around. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't do that thing where he waits <laughs> 
Theron always did, where he waited for someone <laughs> to have any reaction at all to what he was doing. Yeah. So then he could be like, do you have any questions about what I'm doing? Yeah. Do you know why I'm doing this? I'll tell you why <laughs> I'm doing be like, this. They'd be like, no, I don't have any questions. They'd <laughs> be like, let me explain it to you. Like, Xyzer yeah. doesn't do any of that. But No, I also think Guri is, we haven't talked that much about, but I think Guri is a really good sidekick for, like. Yeah. She, I think she really, the way that, like, I forget who Thrawn's, like, secondhand guy was. That, but, that general or that admiral guy or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think Guri really is, like, participating in the action is, like, a, a good sort of foil. Yeah, she's a good, like, sounding board. Zizor. I wonder if it's just, like, Zizor does have, like, kind of a sense of humor. Like, maybe, maybe that. Yeah, he is. He, yeah, he's got a sense of humor. I mean, I I do think the sort of like the the way he's presented as this sort of like sexual character in a way that like most characters in which is like are not fascinating, admittedly, is just like so. Yeah, you're right. It's just so fascinating. I'm just like, where is this going? Like, what is this doing? Yes, here? Like, like the fix the the sexuality. I think. I mean, like, I don't. I'm not saying it's because I find him sexy, but, like, he, the sexuality no, yeah, is, like, right. no, fascinating. No, not at all. <laughs> it's fascinating, yeah, to find this in a Star Wars book. Especially a Star Wars book that, like, takes place... It's not like a Star Wars... You know, like, um... I think the only thing I can compare it to is Corn Horn. Yeah. Stuff with him and that lady. Right. Well, <laughs> if Zizor um, and that lady met up... Oh my god. <laughs> That's... Like that would be some very like that would be crazy. that would be some extremely erotic like hardcore yeah. <laughs> selling a brown paper like, bag Star Wars novel. Admiral Tavira. Yeah. If Zizor and Admiral Tavira yeah. showed up together, yeah, that would be crazy. But yeah, there's just like not you don't find that in the Star Wars universe, and it's it's I think we talked a little bit about this at Teresa Bakura, but this idea of like. Like, even Han and Leia, like, you just, like, can't even say Yeah, like, it, the right? implication is, even... again, in this book, that Han and Leia have not had right, sex, not which had is sex. That they've, like, ridiculous. have not dated. Like... That they haven't even... That they've just been playing, you know, like, hard to get back like and forth for Like, middle school for hard years. to get for years. Like, no, they haven't. Three or four like, years. Like, they've been on no. and off. I'm sure they've been hot and cold. But, I mean... Empire takes place over either like six weeks or two years, and like uh, regardless of its time frame, like they hooked up then. They hooked up on Cloud City, like obviously. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, and like even the like, and, and I don't want to like diminish that moment, but even the like I love you, I know. Like, if you had told me that, like you know, they were together before Empire, and they had like told each other they loved each other and then had some hard times like yeah like even that being the first time that they've expressed like emotion toward each other is like sort of unbelievable yeah to me. Like, like i think that that was like that would be my theory is like a big sticking point in their relationship during empire is that between new hope and empire they had obviously like hooked up and had a little bit on and off, and that Han had told Leia that he loved her and that she had not said it back. Right, and she didn't. Say and then he spent yeah. like or all of Empire kind of trying to provoke that from her, like trying to yeah. get her to admit that how but she feels about him. Also, which comes up in Trisha Bakara too, but like is obviously a different 
there's a different perspective on it. But, like, Leia is, and Luke thinks about it a little bit, too, I think. But, like, Leia is constantly, like, I, I have, like, really strong feelings for Han. Like, I know I love Han. But, like, Luke's great, too. Like, I like, love Luke, too. Yeah, but in a different way. Like, it's just, like, so, I don't understand why they can't just be, like, there was a moment in Empire when Leia was trying to make Han jealous. She kissed Luke. But, like, Leia doesn't think of Luke. No. In that There's way. There's no and implication that she thought of him sexually ever. Like, we know that he had a crush on right. her. But there's no strong right. implication that that was ever reciprocated. And I don't know why it's a big deal why she can't be like, you know, I think of Luke as, like, you know, my best friend. Yeah. And, a, and a, like, you know, like a kid brother. And that's it. Like, why it has to be like this, like, oh, like. Yeah. Wait until you watch the next movie, guys. <laughs> like, it just, I don't know, it just, it seems like they're making it a, a bigger thing than yeah. it is. Yeah. No, I feel like the, I don't know what why exactly, but I feel like there's a real tendency to kind of, like, freeze Han and Leia's dynamic as what it is in, like, the first half of The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. I mean, like, even in that movie, from the time, I'd say, like, from the time they escape the asteroid field forward, it's already, like, much warmer between them. And when they're on Cloud City, it seems pretty clear that, like, they're basically back on. Like, they're sharing yeah. a room. Yeah. They're, like, being very warm towards each other. Like, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I, and yeah, then I don't Return see of, what the confusion yeah, is. Yeah, then in Return of the Jedi, she, like announces herself as being in love with him they share kisses they go like but it's not a super melodramatic like how do we feel thing it's like assumed like yeah we're together like they go on a mission together they do they flirt and everything i mean like yes they're great when they do the like the challenging each other bickery stuff but like they could also be great not doing that like yeah right right yeah and like i'm thinking of it now like those moments in jedi are so great like like when they're trying to sneak in the trying to get the codes yeah right, and sneak onto endor and she's like you have your moments right that like there's a real sweetness right like i don't i even as a kid i don't think i ever like i don't think i thought about it that much but i don't think i was like confused about <laughs> what was going on no. between Han and leia like i got yeah. it like, especially because it was going on between carrie fisher and harrison ford it's all right there on the screen yeah. Yeah, like, I, I I, just, you know, they have this sort of, like, bigger relationship in the first movie. They're definitely, like, we're on and then off in Empire. They get back on by the end of Empire. And then they're on. Yeah. And that's it. And, the, and that's the just it. it. I mean, like, and even, although obviously, like, it's not to be previewed here, but in The Force Awakens, when they, t- when, like, they're not together anymore, there's still a real, like, fondness and easiness yeah. between them. And that, I think. What's great? I haven't. I hadn't thought about that in a long time. I have to have a watch. I need to rewatch it. It's really good. Um, it's so good. <laughs> but like, I, but that is it. Like that on and off thing is still there, right? They're like still on and off. Yeah. Like that is their dynamic. That is, you know, they don't really work great together. They butt heads a lot. They really love each other. I don't ever question yeah. that. But like, clearly, there's you know, a a, a part of them that like you know, is just not ever going to, like, be completely in sync. And so, like, 
to me, Force Awakens is like, they're off again, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, but like if he had they were on, killed, and now like, they're off again. They would be on again eventually, like. Right, and then they'd probably be off again, right? Yeah, it's just like, like that, she like, said, she, like, there's that thing that she says in Force Awakens, like, no matter how much we fought, I always hated seeing you leave. And he's like, yeah, that's why I did right, it. yeah. And, like, it's just a perfect kind of encapsulation. Like, yeah, they always right, understood each other. Like, they still loved each yeah. other, even when things were rough. But I feel like it's really hard. And I, I'm nothing but sympathetic because those actors bring so many, many layers of complexity to what could be. Right. Yeah, it's hard to do that. But like, I feel yeah. like it's really hard that the, the, I feel like the authors of these novels have a really challenging time translating their dynamic into something that like works on the page. Cause in books, they seem like they either just do not like each other or like they're not yeah. themselves. Right. Like it's right. Right. And I think that's, you know, it's part of the, it's, it, I think it is really challenging to continue a relationship like that. And I think the, the newer films, right, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, does a really good job because, like, we don't see the in-between and we don't have to, yeah. right? That, like, there, there is no in-between, right? It's just we, Im- implications of things that have happened with these books, like Jedi Academy and the ones that come after, right? We're just seeing them, like, in a marriage and... Like, actually, it would be so interesting if, like, they were together, they got together in Courtship of Princess Leia, and then something happened, and Han's like, I'm out of here, like, this isn't yeah, working. Yeah, there were and, some books where they were broken like, up, and... Yeah, or, you know, they're decided to, like, take a break, and, and then they get back. Like, that, to me, is a more interesting dynamic, and more true to those characters yeah. than, like, them just being in this sort of sudden, like, this sort of, you know, marriage in which, like... They're neither themselves, and Han has nothing to do. <laughs> like it's just, they're sending their kids to the Jedi Academy, and like they just each assume the other one is checking in on them, and like <laughs> right, and like it just doesn't work. Like it, 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 I think it is more interesting when there's like conflict, right, yeah. between the like in the relationship, not just conflict coming from the outside and like forcing them onto two different planets to two different yeah but yeah i feel like a lot of the sort of like spark that's between them is absent and obviously like it's not han's not in this book but leia thinks a lot about her relationship with han during the book and yeah yeah she's just constantly especially with zizor she's just like (sighs) thinking about zizor's body and And then being like but i love han and i'm like but that's you know you could think zizor's a child yeah like it's okay Like, I think Han would be okay with yeah. that. Yeah. I don't think... I'm sure he thinks other women are attractive. Yeah, like, like I'm, I'm sure... Like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's fine. Also, he's in Carbonite. Like, you're trying to rescue him. Like, I wouldn't worry about it. Also, <laughs> I feel like Zizor is probably... I mean, I think Leia made the right call because I think Zizor is probably very selfish in bed. Like, there's no indication. Yeah, no. It, <laughs> but you, don't tell him that because he will definitely put you in concrete. He, oh, he will <laughs> definitely kill you, but, like, I think that, I don't think Zizor is concerned about whether or not anyone else is having a good time. Also, his bathtub can seat ten. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted more about that bathroom. I felt like it was, like, like the I, uh, prefect's bathroom in Goblet of Fire. Yes! Oh, that is a gorgeous bathroom. Yeah, I was like, you know. He's, I bet he's got a lot of different kinds of like bubbles know, and salts. He like went to Lush and like bought it out. Oh, yeah. and just has like a <laughs> Lush representative just like comes to his palace once a week and just like gives all our new stuff. Yeah. And he's like, give me twenty, and he just has it all, all there. 
Um, yeah, his palace seemed like great. I think that's another way. <laughs> we, we, we were texting about Zizor earlier because we have no self control. And when are we not talking yeah, about, exactly. about Zizor? And From now until the end of time. We agreed that Zizor is basically like a combination of Lucius Malfoy and Jonathan Van Ness. And I think like the palace yeah. and the aesthetic <laughs> and all of that is like very Lucius yeah. Malfoy. I think he's much more. Lucius Malfoy than Jonathan Van Ness, but he has some of Jonathan Van Ness's like outgoingness and like can do attitude. And yeah, just like a guy. Goes, yeah, <laughs> confidence. Certainly, obviously, Jonathan Van Ness is a complete. Sweetheart yeah, no, he is an angel gonna... from heaven, and Zizor is not. Um, <laughs> right. But yeah, that just sort of like you know, I got this, and and nobody. This is gonna be, this is gonna be great. Like no one can hold me yeah. back. Yeah, and... he's like. He's got that, he's got the sort of Lucius Malfoy, like, opulence and yes. sort of, like, aesthetic. Aesthetic consumption. Um, I think he is, like, no, nails aside, I think he is a little Father Blackwoody, too. I mean, with that sort of, like, creepy, sort of control. Yeah, well, the sexuality of, like, aspect, I hadn't thought about yes. that, but, like, Father Blackwood's sexuality. Yeah, I think, I think, so, think Zizor would could sign on for that, like. Yeah, for those who don't, Father Blackwood is a character on the Chilling Adventures of, of Sabrina. And he gets freaky <laughs> in the second half of the first season. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that actor is just That like, actor's amazing. He's killing it. He's doing a great job. But yeah, but but um, he has a kind of like behind the scenes sort of like trying to control, you know, both his partners and, and the sort of larger world at, at hand. Yeah. It's kind of Father Blackwood, Blackwood thing. Um going on um but he yeah he's just like he's just unlike any like i said unlike any other character we've met in the expanded universe Uh, maybe another reason that zizor really works that i hadn't thought of but another way that he's different than thrawn is that like thrawn doesn't have anyone above him that he answers to thrawn is at like the pinnacle and zizor is still like in the mix like he's playing the game like he's playing it at the highest levels right but he's got like a lieutenant who might betray him and he's got to make a call to vader and he's got to phrase things just right with the emperor and he's got to hire a horticulturalist and like Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's not, I mean, he certainly thinks he is, but he's, he's not at the top of the food chain. Like, he, he has to, he has to play. Yeah, he's got to stay sharp, right? Like, he's got to. doesn't. Also, like, he doesn't wear a shirt, and Thrawn has that stupid military outfit on, so. <laughs> I saw her just, like. Who is more interesting, like. <laughs> he's smoking hot, <laughs> moisturizes a lot. Um, can hold his breath for a yeah. really long time in the bathtub, which, like, he makes a big deal yeah. about. Yeah, oh yeah, he just spends hours in the tub, so he <laughs> definitely has to moisturize. He works out a ton. Yeah, no, Zizor so is like, non-stop. I mean, like, maybe- What do you, what do you think his workout Maybe it's his commitment is. to self Do you think he's doing, like- <laughs> What kind of workout do you think he's doing? Oh, I doing? think Zizor's like, a CrossFit guy. Yeah, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think Zizor is doing CrossFit like with some like kicking kind of martial art mixed in. Yeah, I could see him doing doing some some like kickboxing. Yeah, I think it's like CrossFit kickboxing, arts. and I mean he's very into his flexibility. So like, but he just doesn't seem like he has the temperament for yoga. So I think he no, but maybe like a maybe like a Pilates like cardio kind of yeah. Maybe like, but I just feel like it's a very active kind of workout, like whatever he's doing. Yeah, 
I wonder if he does videos. Like, <laughs> like, like he watches videos or he makes videos. Yeah, yeah. No, like, or, okay. <laughs> you just opened a door. Yes. He is making, uh, on top of being like this crime lord, yeah. he has also made a fortune making <laughs> workout tapes <laughs> called the Workout with Zizor, yeah. where it's him. Guri is the, like, you know, in those workout videos where they have, like, the two people behind them, and, like, Guri's the one who can do, like, the advanced moves, and then he's got some poor soul (laughs) who's doing, like, (laughs) like, one of his, (laughs) one of his lieutenants is, like, (laughs) he's doing it, like, if you need to, like, take it down, down 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 right there, but he's got the microphone, he does not wear a shirt in the videos. (laughs) God, no. Just like he's got great like house music playing. He's got like teeny tiny shorts and like sneakers with big His socks. Ponytail is like up. Like, it's like tight high pony, high pony flying and bopping around. <laughs> yeah, he's got like house music playing. He tries really hard because he's like watched other videos <laughs> to be like super supportive and being like, you know. You can do this. <laughs> you guys got this. Like, this is super easy. But it just comes out real creepy and, like, not okay. And, like, weirdly judgmental. Like, all of his comments seem, like, really passive-aggressive. Yeah, like, the person who's doing, like, the slower moves, like, he's just ripping them to shreds. Like, just, like... But I think, like... You might as well not be here. You're I not think, trying at all. Like, I think he makes the videos, but then when he works out, he does his own videos. Like, own videos, yeah. He watches yeah. his own videos and does the gurry moves. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a uh, like a Jane Fonda meets P90X kind of situation. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. And they've like made a fortune because people are just like, "What is this?" <laughs> That's where the money's mostly coming from. Like, right? It's not for people actually doing the workouts. Yeah. Like, it is people being like, "You have to watch this." Like the uh, the aerobicize like award thing that was like popular on YouTube, like that. Like people are like, you will not believe. Like in the scene, in the scene where Gurry's like, oh, you know, we're mostly moving into like legitimate, like non illegal businesses. That's what she's talking about. That's it. Yeah, they're making a lot of (laughs) the workout empire that they've created. Yeah, yeah, they sell like videos, (laughs) but also equipment, and like his face is all like they're franchising. They're gonna open gyms. Yeah. Like Orange Theory, like you can go <laughs> like sanctioned size or trainer. Yeah, like like Black Sun Shred or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's great. a lot of like feel the burn puns based on the Black Sun symbol. Yeah. I mean it's like hardcore. Um and like <laughs> nobody can actually do the workout, no. but no, like, if you try to come and you're like, yeah, I haven't worked out in a while, but, like, I want to get back into shape, they're going to say, like, go somewhere They will else. turn you away. You're yeah. not. You will die. You're not who we're looking for. Like. No. No. We need someone who's already in shape, and that's yeah. it. Like. Oh. That's great. Yeah, I want those videotapes now. <laughs> we still have, uh, aside from Billy Zane, if we, if we cast the movie now... Who plays okay. Zizor? I don't know. I feel like it's a really hard... It's a tough role. It's asking a lot. Because he needs to be, like, really fit, but not, like, Chris Hemsworth bulk. Like, it has to no, be, like, a... like a lean Hemsworth, though. 
I don't know if Chris Hemsworth yeah. could be skeevy enough. I feel like even... No, he seems like such a sweetie. Yeah, because even in Bad Times at the El Royale, where he played a character who was kind of... who I mean, who was not a nice person, he still didn't come across as, like, like skeezy. Gross. He wasn't, like, gross. No, I I like should have thought about it, but I was just like Billy Zane. <laughs> I mean, he clearly <laughs> is Billy Zane in the picture. <laughs> that is who they were modeling that character on. I feel like it's uncanny. I feel like you'd have to bring someone like from TV or something like that. Like, oh, um, my sister and I are watching a lot of Riverdale, <laughs> and that guy KJ Appa who plays Archie. I don't know if he's like sinewy enough, and I don't know that he could play gross, but he is in really good shape. <laughs> There's a lot of pictures of his abs out there and his eyes are level abs. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe like if someone transitioning from TV. Like a hev- like a I, how well how old do we think he that's is? That's an excellent question. I th- cuz I was sort of thinking of him in like early 40s. I think he's older but he looks like he's about 30. Oh, that they do say that, but like old—I don't know what like failing years. Oh, but like he, like for a human, you would guess thirty. If you looked, if you at looked him. at him, you'd be like, he looks like he's thirty. Yeah, maybe like Alexander Skarsgård, <laughs> like with yeah. Oh my god, I know. Yeah, he could. T- he, he could do it. He could do it. Yeah, he'd have to. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, he, and he could. Good, he can do skeevy. He can do well. skeevy. He can do. Se- God knows, he can do sexy. Like, he can. Yeah, yeah. I would watch that. I would watch reptilian yeah. Alexander Skarsgård work out and take baths. <laughs> do do workout videos. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> it's my dream. <laughs> Alexander Skarsgård in full size or gear, making workout tapes. Yeah. Making workout tapes. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, I love it. Oh, oh, somebody um, tweeted to us to let us know what the video game we were talking about in the Truce at Bacor episode was called. It is... What was it? It is called uh, Dark Forces. So, thank you. Oh, they're right! Oh my god, you're so right! Thank you! <laughs> thank you, Jedi Geek Girl, for letting us know that it is what, what? Dark Forces. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, and we also had an email from Brandon, who um, wrote in a lot, but said, but gave us like a very short synopsis of what was going on in the Corellian trilogy. Yes, so and we it turns out really appreciate. We were not like wrong. We were just no, not at all confident. No, yeah, we were. We were. We had the. We had the gist of it. Sketch. Yeah, but but it was, Um, Brandon definitely boiled it down in a way that was, made sense. Yeah, and we really do appreciate that because the triad was trying to (laughs) find a way out of being in the New Republic. Yeah, yeah. Got it. We had it. But yeah, but we really appreciate, like. Yeah, thanks for the, thanks for being in touch. We like, we like hearing from people. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very happy to. Yeah, so what do, do we know what we're doing? Wait, we don't have a plan. Um, no, we do not. <laughs> also, we're gonna be like in and out. We have a lot. There's going a lot on. going on right now, but we're always coming back. Like, just stay subscribed. Don't lose. We're hope. always coming back. Um. So yeah. Um, didn't uh, okay. Yeah, so be... it's definitely been suggested to me that we should do like the trilogy that's Dark Saber, Children of the Jedi. <gasps> Yeah, I don't of think Twilight. 
those are not what I maybe read some of those. I have maybe not. I own some of them, but that doesn't necessarily mean I read them. I read them. Hudson not being um, a big deal in there. So that's all that. Okay, that's, let's do that. What's the first one? I think the first one is is Dark Saber. Let me see. And Dark Saber, yeah. And that would also be a return to Kevin J. Anderson, which is yeah, because that's three different authors, right? Wrote. Yeah. Oh, I think Children of the Jedi is first. Okay. And who wrote Barbara Barbara Hambly wrote Children of the Jedi. Okay. And it's set several months after the Jedi Academy trilogy, and is the first one that has Callista, so that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like Barbara Hambly, and and then Kevin J. Anderson, and then Barbara Hambly again. So it's an interesting sort of collaborative. Uh, Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. So that's that's 1995. So that's like right. Like when Jedi Academy is coming right out, right in the basically. same kind of same kind of space. Yeah, so it's Children of the Jedi, <laughs> Children of the Jedi, Dark Saber, and then Planet of Twilight. Yes. So we'll do Children That's of the, the Jedi next, yeah. and we'll also probably be prepping a like one year anniversary episode where we'll just like oh, yeah. chit chat about remember. about the books and where we've come and all that. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. It's like February something. Yeah, I think February eleventh when we first posted. Yeah. So yeah. if you have um, like a question or anything that you'd like us to mull over, yeah, or like it, we were maybe thinking of doing like asking each other what our favorite, yeah, like characters in the extended universe, our favorite book. Yeah, we'll probably like just know. come up with some questions, but obviously we're willing to like go off oh, yeah, topic like, and wherever you know. Um, yeah, so if you have yeah, questions for us about anything really. Spanning Universe, Star Wars, yeah. you know, I mean Harry Potter. Yeah. I mean like obviously we have some strengths and weaknesses in our areas of knowledge, but like, you know. Oh yeah. Video games, not an area. Not an area of knowledge. <laughs> I mean you can ask us a question. We'll try our best. <laughs> yeah, but we but... don't know the answer. <laughs> we don't have we'll all the answers. We'll take a stab at that. it. But yeah, but the questions about you know, if you want to know more about our opinions on the films, we haven't really. Talked yeah, we haven't talked about the films too much, and like we have a lot of thoughts about the films. Like, oh yeah, yeah, we are not ignoring them on purpose. Yeah, like if you want to, any of the movie. movies we can talk about some more than yeah, we can, yeah. <laughs> some better than <laughs> talk others. a lot about the movies. We haven't watched any of the cartoons, um, so we can't talk about the cartoons, right? Yeah, I watched like the first clone, the one that was like the um the mini series but that was a long time ago i haven't watched but yeah, any the cartoons, of the cartoons except when i was a kid and i rented the droids cartoon from blockbuster one time oh yeah and i was like this is a mistake don't, even as a kid <laughs> the holiday special we can answer uh, questions about the holiday special yeah, we can talk about the holiday special um yeah, yeah, we can talk. I can talk about space balls. I can talk about space balls. <laughs> talk about space balls. I can also talk about. Space I can talk balls. about. Uh, if you want to talk about how I collected soda cans when uh, the prequels came out, we can yeah, talk about also <laughs> talk about that. Yeah, so just <laughs> yeah, if you want to talk about like franchising stuff, that because I have a lot of yeah. <laughs> Star Wars stuff. Um, yeah, but yeah, some questions, comments. I mean, you know, we can just talk to each other about stuff but it's fun to yeah get. it's always fun really to get getting further emails and questions and more feedback yeah. yeah all right well we will we'll be back eventually probably in two weeks but maybe soon maybe maybe a little more yeah i mean don't give up just on stick us. with we're, us we're, coming, we're back. coming back and um yeah 
yeah, and we'll be back with Children of the Jedi. Yeah. Children of the Jedi. All right. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you would like more information, please check out our website, adolescenceafteralderon.wordpress.com, for show notes and info about upcoming episodes. We're also on Twitter, after underscore Alderon. We're on Instagram, adolescenceafteralderon. And if you would like to touch base with us, ask questions, participate in the conversation, you can email us at adolescenceafteralderon at gmail.com. Thanks so much.